Hi guys, Sam here, host of the AEW Match Guide podcast. Before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you all know that after Double or Nothing 2022, the creation of the second edition of the definitive AEW Match Guide will begin. The first edition sought votes from a diverse group of AEW commentators around the internet wrestling community to collectively rank the greatest matches from the first two years of the promotion's history, and that list is what the matches this podcast reviews is based on. For the second edition of the list that will look at matches between Double or Nothing 2021 and 2022, I'm hoping to cast that net even wider, so I'm hoping to get your support. If you're interested in submitting your votes and weren't involved last year, then please reach out to me on Twitter at Sir underscore Samuel or via email sambrownmedia at gmail.com. And when the time comes, I'll send you out a ballot to get your vote. To celebrate this, for the month of May, we'll be looking at three different matches from previous Double or Nothings, and then in the week before Double or Nothing 2022, I'll be hosting a YouTube live stream previewing the pay-per-view. Looking forward to see you all there. That's it for now though, so let's hit the music and get this show on the road. Welcome to the AEW Match Guide Podcast where we deep dive into the best matches in AEW history. Brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network and your host, Sam Brown. Yes, hello and welcome to the AEW Match Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brown. Thank you for joining me. Every week, alongside a special guest, I take an in-depth look at one of the best matches in AEW history, taken from the definitive AEW Match Guide, as ranked by over 30 wrestling commentators from around the internet wrestling community. If you enjoy the show today, you can subscribe and rate it on your podcast app of choice, and make sure you check out all of the other great shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network that cover all aspects of the world of pro wrestling. My guest today is the founder of Pro Wrestling Musings, one of the leading pro wrestling stat site on the internet. It's the great Craig Williams, and we're looking at Nyla Rose versus Kara Shida's no disqualification AW Women's Championship match from Double or Nothing 2020. Now, series leading up to Double or Nothing. How are you going today, Craig? I'm I'm good. Yes. Um. Yeah. Very well. How are you? Um. Very well. Now, for for those of you who don't know Craig, uh, I have done a previous episode with Craig. One of the incredible things that Craig does on Pro Wrestling Musings is really dig into the stats. Um. And now we're not going to get into an in depth of how that works. If you want to, you can go back a few episodes where we looked at. Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. I nearly forgot. <laughs> I nearly forgot it. Uh, and Craig really went in depth. But the thing that I'm looking forward to to doing with you, Craig, um, in looking at this match is doing that um, because it's something different that you bring to the table here. But I, I am curious, before we get into Sheeta versus Nyla Rose from Double or Nothing 2020, why did you pick this match? Um, I think it was one of the few that are left at this stage in your review. <laughs> um, Spoil for choice. That, <laughs> no. A little bit. Um, well, uh, I mean, that's maybe not perhaps totally true. Um, so w- when when you actually look at this card, it's a really good pay-per-view. Um, mm. The AEW shows during the pandemic are kind of much maligned in relative terms, like as much as AEW wrestling is maligned. Um but this pay-per-view has Jungle Boy versus MGF. It has Brody Lee versus John Moxley at his stadium stampedes. It, and then it has this match. They're all really, really good matches. This w- this is probably about the best women's match at this point of AEW. 
perhaps certainly from my memory at the time it was mm. quite it was um it i think was, it probably for me, was a for me it was a toss-up between this and the original Riho Nyla Rose match on the very first Dynamite. They were the two that I was saying, these are probably the two best women's matches. And I held that that in probably that kind of level until, I think, until the Lights Out match that happened mm-hmm. at the start of 2021 um, between Baker and Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not necessarily how it played out when we did the voting last year or, or in even necessarily with Dave Meltzer or Cage mm-hmm. match, but that's that's what I personally had. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair, um, and it's, th- and I think this match is very much forgotten, which is interesting as well, being that it's Shida winning the title for her year-long title reign. Yeah, I, I really liked this at the time. I thought mm. it was really well done. It was the first time that they really started to push the boundaries with the women's division in terms mm. of like what they were willing to do, stepping out with kind of maybe. I don't know if we want to get political, but maybe misogynistic kind of expectations of women's mm. wrestling and all that kind mm. of stuff. I mean, obviously it'd been done before and WWE had done stuff with um, in NXT with, you know, the four horsewomen and that. And then yeah. the, even um, like Survivor Series 2002 had an incredible hardcore match between um, Trish Stratus and Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, they were like going sure, through garbage yeah, yeah. chairs, full headshots and yeah. everything. It's, it's something yeah, that I was, um, kind of got taken off, thinking, off the table as opposed to, you know, it actually got, put, you know, put on the table originally at any point yeah. in the 2010s. It just sort of was something they weren't allowed to happen again. Mm-hmm. And then um, Evolution I always sticks out in my mind. They had a really great match between Charlotte mm. and Becky Lynch um, as well. So, yeah, um, this was kind of in that vein, kind of pushing it a bit. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this show. Like, I think it was one of those shows that wrestling fans kind of needed. And um, AEW were struggling but doing okay with what they were doing week mm. to week. And then you had this show, which ended with that kind of incredible, whatever kind of match that was. Um, stadium stampede. The, yeah, in the stadium. Well, funny you mention it, just to give the listeners a quick tease, in a few weeks' time, uh, as sort of a season finale for the, the match guide, we will be breaking down the stadium stampede match so that'll be a lot of fun in it in its own in itself a um, little bit different to what we're looking at here today uh, i'm i'm really glad you brought up this match because uh, people who listen to this podcast particularly if you listen to the previous ones we've done on women's on the women's division i'm a big fan of akaru shida uh, mm. and i also i also really like nyla rose and this is the first time we've reviewed a match between either with either of them uh, and I think they are two unsung heroes of the early AEW women's division. Uh, and, and I'm keen to to dig into this match and look at these two uh, and, and hopefully shine a light on on something that I think does get a, a little bit pushed aside. Uh, and there's various reasons for that. Some some good faith, some bad faith, you know, some reasonable and some, uh, I would argue, not so reasonable. But but for me, these two are a shining light. Uh, and this match, uh, as I said, well, I'm, I'm already pretty high on it. So, um, so so we can we can get stuck into it. Of course, as we always do on the match guide, we'll give the match its flowers. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave this match 3.75 stars. Cage match currently has it ranked at 8.17. And when we did the match guide back in 2021, the first edition of it, it came in 50th, just scraped into the top 50. Uh, so it it just made it. It's a match that is well-remembered uh, and, and has decent critical consensus to it, uh, particularly looking at cage match, 8.17. That's a, that's a four-star. That's a pretty good standard. Mm-hmm. But 
something that I don't think is, you know, held up as some sort of legacy of for the company. So uh, it, it's something that I'm I'm looking forward to digging into. Of course, uh, let's first start out by talking about the build. Uh, and and to talk about the build, I, I want to talk about each of the characters in it first. Uh, so the champion going into the match was, of course, Nyla Rose. Uh, she was one of the first women signings for the company back even before Double or Nothing 2019. She appeared at the second press conference they ever did. Uh, and she won the championship off her early AEW rival, Riho, in February 2020 after previously losing to Riho in the first Dynamite rat match uh, and racking up various wins to get back into the title picture, as well as having a point where she even got suspended off TV for being too violent. Uh, before the pandemic hit... Pitching she, referees through tables, was it not? Yeah, referees, various competitors. Yeah. She actually had a really interesting, a, a cool program with a wrestler called Shanna, who's since left the mm. AEW, um, where it was basically like, Nyla Rose putting it through tables in various <laughs> at various times and her just firing up back. So I, I really yeah. like that. That was like late 2019 on mostly on dark. Um, uh-huh. Before the pandemic hit, Nyla did only get to defend the title once against Chris Statlander uh, at and that was at Revolution. Uh, before the pandemic hit, obviously. Uh, she wouldn't actually get to defend it again until this match we're looking at today at Double or Nothing. So she went a whole pay-per-view cycle without defending it. Uh, we all know the reasons as to why that was. She did have a handful of squash matches and and a couple of tag matches as well in between pay-per-views, but this was her one and only pay, um, title defense. Uh, now, obviously, this title run didn't go as planned, Craig, and we, we know the reason why, but what were your thoughts on Nyla Rose early on in AEW and, and as a women's champion? That's a really tricky question. She got a lot of stick at the beginning for terrible reasons. Um, you know, because of who she is and what she represents. It seems to be one of those things that people can kind of get away with. If you say racist stuff on the internet, you get slaughtered, but, you know, transphobia still, it seems to not, you you know, I don't know. You could probably guess my extended thoughts of that from my tone, but yeah, (laughs) we'll not not dig too far into that. Yeah, I I mean, just to to quickly put a put a note on that because um, I hadn't planned mm-hmm. on talking about that, but to AEW's credit, well, they've completely embraced it and and run with it. There's never even, mm-hmm. I don't think it's even ever been brought up that she's a trans athlete because I get, I'm guessing that's her wish. Yeah. Been, I think mm-hmm. by, by making a huge point of that, it's kind of showmanship about, you know, it's, it's WWE kind of women's revolution TM kind of stuff. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which, yeah, to, absolutely to your point, it's a great credit that they've not bothered. Not that they've not bothered, but they've kind of been graceful enough to be like, you know, everybody This is knows. just a normal thing. This is a normal yeah. thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is a person, you know, why yep. Why do we have exactly. to? Exactly. Yeah, Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. And um, and she's, she's, she's really interesting in that she, she has flashes of brilliance every now and again, mm. and then she kind of disappears. And I wonder if it's the, the kind of the kind of almost like the big show fallacy, like he would get wheeled in to be like, oh, no, your champion's going to lose. Look how big he is. Like, you know, look how menacing she is. And then, you, you know, what what do you do with them? I, I mm. think she's criminally, criminally miscast. I think at the beginning, he'll whatever. She's done a great job. Mm. But even during this match, there's a bit where she like power slams Sheeta through a, mm. a, like a roulette table. And then she just turns to the camera and kind of goes, always bet on black with this 
great great comedic comedic timing um and a lot of people are saying it like look at her her twitter patter look at how mm. she presents the media look at her videos you know off the kind of the big the big kind of spotlight the big screen she's she's great she's got a tremendous mm. sense of humor she's a wonderful character it's john silver type like you know personality um mm. being able to grab the moment social skills all of these things um they're they're i'm sure they're going to tap into that sooner rather than later but i don't i feel like you know we're two years on even from this uh, and this mm. is arguably her peak in terms of her booking so um it would be yeah it would be nice to see her break away from vicky guerrero and you know mm. uh, perhaps go up against somebody like brick brick baker as a face mm. i've always wondered if the reason that she isn't she is with Vicky Guerrero is so she doesn't accidentally baby face herself. Well, <laughs> she is brilliant really with like the one liners. And, you know, mm. if, if you've got someone who, as we're seeing with Wardlow, like who just, is just a yeah. brute uh, and just does this brutal looking violence, people get into it if, if they're presented the right way. And Nyla Rose definitely could do that. I found, I think like early on, it was clear that Nyla, like very early on, I'm talking like double or nothing, 2019, mm they almost did her a disservice by putting her against Kong because she didn't yeah. have the aura and she didn't have the body language down and mm. she looked small and her aura didn't look as menacing as Kong's. Mm. And I know what they were trying to do in that match by putting her with Kong was so that you could get the comparison between the two yeah. and draw and, and say, Oh wow, they've got a newer, younger version mm. of this dominant wrestler that, you know, but I think it came off then as being like, Oh, this person is not in the same league. Yeah, I, they didn't really put her over Kong either. No, but I think yeah. she improved really rapidly, particularly in the way that she carried herself. And mm-hmm. and with a, a character like Nyla Rose, like Awesome Kong, like so so much of it is in the mystique, it's in the aura, it's in mm-hmm. the way that they walk to the ring, that they exude just this dominance and confidence and power and strength and i think she improved really rapidly to the point like i really loved that initial rivalry she had with riho mm-hmm. uh and particularly how yeah, she would yeah, just yeah. dominate riho and batter riho and then riho would fire up and yeah like you're right that it's hard to what do you do with a giant like the problem with giants Keith is Lee. Their losses. she should be keithley yeah perfect that's a that's a yeah. perfect comp- but the problem with Giants is their losses hurt them more um, because mm, their losses yeah. tip away at that aura, which, as I said, is so important. Whereas, Archer. Yeah, someone who's smaller, like, they can absorb the loss because, like, mm-hmm. they don't have to be completely dominant in their character for their character to work, whereas for a monster to work, their character does have to have that air of unbeatability. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and certainly I think Nyla Rose picked that up early on, uh, and I thought it was a great – choice to switch her to to push her as champion and and one of the questions i'll ask you after this match was was it the right choice to switch to sheeta um but we'll get to that in the legacy but i i was really high on nyla rose at this point and i continue to be to this point i I agree with what you've said about her potentially being miscast or misused she has gone on to become you know a really good utility player but yeah i think she is an underrated promo uh, and she can really have that overwhelming ability in the ring to just ragdoll people around uh, and look like a dominant mm-hmm. force. You know, um, so they just had Samoa Joe versus Max Caster. I, I quite like the idea of her being in that kind of role, the way that kind of Joe was 
laughing off, laughing off a lot of Max mm. Caster's jokes and kind of taking the Mickey a little bit with you know doing his own version of kind of Max mm. Caster's kind of body language dance hip top hip hop moves. I don't know. I'm I'm too I'm too old to be able to <laughs> label that without sounding completely out of place. Um, but yeah, he he like slammed him into the corner or something and then kind of did his own little wee dance and it's Samoa Joe he's like supposed to be presented as a killer isn't that going to diminish his aura well no no of course not because he's got personality and he can he can back it up he can kind of laugh at the goofy little rapper guy and then Mm. still be able to kind of demolish him and I Mm. think that would be perfect for Nyla Rose like you can have Rebel coming out talking trash on behalf of Britt Baker and she can stand there and laugh and raise her eyebrow or whatever and then, you know, be terrifying when they actually start fighting. So, mm. yeah, that's that's I think you've got options with her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we will get into the challenger, though. Hikaru uh, Shida, she first debuted in AEW, also at Double or Nothing 2019 in the women's tag match. She actually got the pin in a match that featured the inaugural champion, Riho, mm-hmm. future title challenger, Emi Sakura, and Rio Mizunami, the incomparable Aja Kong, uh, and mm-hmm. someone who I think became a crowd favorite just in that match, Yuka Sakazaki. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that she got the pin in that match. So that was like a wink to the camera that this is someone who is going to be uh, a big part or that they want to to build up in the audience's eyes. At All Out, Sheeta would lose a singles match against Riho to challenge for the, to be the inaugural women's champion on that first Dynamite episode. Uh, and this would be followed up with sporadic appearances uh, through the end of 2019. But the focus would really be put on her in 2020. She'd start the year by building up a winning streak that included wins against Britt Baker, a debuting Anna Jay, Abaddon, Big Swole, the one against Yuka Sakasaki, and finally winning a fatal four-way match against Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, and Chris Statlander the week before Double or Nothing to become the number one contender for the women's championship. Uh, Craig, as I said, this was someone that they were earmarking to be a part mm-hmm. of their division, a part of their what they wanted to build up, and someone that they were going to use in a high-profile spot early on, uh, if you're if you're looking. Uh, what did you think of Hikaru Shida early on in AEW? So I used to play a lot of football, and I used to end up starting for whatever football team I played for or um, but I often like spent a lot of time on the bench to begin with, not playing. Um, and I used to essentially just end up in the team because I was really, really reliable. I always turned up. <laughs> I didn't do anything stupid. I was decent, but I wasn't fantastic. But I always showed up and I had a good attitude. And I wondered, it's interesting that you say about Shida getting that pinfall and the wink. I kind of thought that Shida benefited with hindsight, I kind of thought that she benefited from the pandemic because she stuck around, she worked hard, mm. she invested in AEW by moving to the country. And it could well be that Kenny Omega had maybe just like earmarked her because he, he knows about Japan. He's spoken to Emi Sakura. I don't know. And maybe I'm completely wrong. And Shader, and, Shader and Omega have tagged team before as well. So he, he definitely knew. Oh, really? Before, yeah. before AEW? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go then. Um, so, I mean, it was he was clearly he's more famously got that role with Riho, so I'm sure he kind of pushed her to the front. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it sounds a bit like she was earmarked. Maybe it wouldn't have happened so soon if more people had been around. But you know, by by the time this title change took place, I was really behind Shida and thought thought it was a great decision. Um, 
What was your question, Sam? I've rambled and forgotten. No, you've you've answered it perfectly though. It was just what were your thoughts of Vegeta early on? And I I, I think right, you're yeah. right. Uh, like she wasn't the most over. Like I think if you wanted mm-hmm. to pick one of the particularly the Joshis who immediately impressed was Yuka Sakasaki. Yeah. But she yeah. had had I guess bigger bigger time things to do in Japan or things that she yes. wanted to focus on in Japan. So uh, even though she was a fixture in AEW, it wasn't she wasn't a, a present constantly mm-hmm. present uh and of course Riho was she was the inaugural, the inaugural champion uh so a lot of focus early on but Sheeta did move to America um to to really focus on AEW and, and pursue that as her main as her main wrestling ambition and her main wrestling goal mm-hmm. uh and so I think in some ways you're right um, mm-hmm. but I I would say as well she certainly made the most of the opportunity that she was afforded by yes, being in the yes. right place at the right time. You can say we'll, we'll talk about her title reign afterwards, but the in, in terms of the lead up, I thought she was she was the standout. I thought in early 2020 in the women's division in terms of her in ring performance, I thought her offense looked the best out of all of them, uh, and I thought she was coming across the most to the live crowds mm-hmm. uh, in terms of and and that includes. You know, people like Britt Baker, who at the time in January 2020 was absolutely floundering. Um, yes, she was like bordering yes. on being a failed project at the time. Chris Statlander had just debuted and was really fresh, and her opening, mm-hmm. like her first few matches, did not really impress. Um, whereas you had Hikaru Shida, who was just getting out there and getting the job done. You know, having these really solid matches. It, you know, if not spectacular, but showing. I guess laying out her case for like this is the kind of thing that I can do, I can be relied upon, I I do have the crowd on my side somewhat, uh, and as well cutting like doing minimal backstage segments, but doing a best with communicating in English, which was something that Riho wasn't doing. Um, I, yeah. I do think they probably could have done, they could have served Riho better by giving her a translator or something. Uh, but you know, at least you could see that Sheeta was was trying to work with what the what the landscape was. Uh, I, definitely, I thought she was the the shining light. Her and Nyla mm-hmm. Rose uh, and, and Riho were the shining lights early on for the the women's division. Uh, and also, I really like Big Swole early on. But that's just because yeah. she had for days and and she was in the crowds. She was in the crowd for this one. Yes, yes. There's yeah. there's some. It, we'll get to it later, but there's some interesting people in the crowd. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> if you if you start uh, looking close enough, the rivalry between these two, between Sheeta and uh, Rose, it was pretty minimal. Uh, as I said, uh, the week before Double or Nothing, Sheeta won the won the right to face Nyla Rose, mm-hmm. and uh, then also had the they had a tag match the week after, um, which was when the paper when the match that was going to happen at the pay-per-view got made no disqualification. Actually, I just remembered, and I would like to talk about, um, the match in the pandemic that Sheeta had with Britt Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. That was another standout moment early on um, mm-hmm. where I think particularly Akari Sheeta was like, I am the person. And and I wouldn't be surprised if that's when they decided, like, we're going to go with you as champion as opposed to, to Nyla Rose. Yeah, I mean, Hikaru Shida was just really good at wrestling, I think, mm. was, like, I, Riho, Riho was excellent as well, but they, there, was, there was a lot of very public teething issues with that division, mm. um, and Hikaru Shida was able to jump off the screen with some of her, not so much character work, just the way that she emoted, um, but, yeah, also just by being able to take Britt Baker, who was struggling and putting together a really good match in mm. QT Marshall's gym, yep. I think. yep. 
Um, and that was the match where I mean, I'm saying that she's a really good wrestler and she was putting uh, really good matches together. But that's the match where uh, it might not have been Sheena's fault, but Britt Baker, <laughs> it, at that point, it was when she famously got kind of busted open and um, she had that the number one selling T-shirt with her face with the blood everywhere, um, which has kind of been forgotten now after all the... Uh, <laughs> the other times that same yeah. thing has happened with Britt Baker. <laughs> Especially the, yeah, the the kind of lights out match seems to have um, absorbed that, and it feels like it happened in that match. But at the first time, it was that that match with Shida in the gym. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, that 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 may have been that may have been the, the time. Yeah, certainly one of the moments that I guess was the making of Britt Baker uh, in terms of a, a big yeah, moment in yeah, the yeah. spotlight, uh, and and then that gave her the chance to to start playing silly buggers with injuries in, in all sorts of ways, which would, you know, further be, mm-hmm. um, be impacted by her being injured in the fatal four-way match that they had yeah. to determine who was going to be the number one contender. Um, but, yeah, look, I guess going into this match, um, as I said, I thought that Sheeta's in-ring work at the time was probably the reason they picked to go with her. Who did you think, and I was thinking that going into Double or Nothing, who did you think would win this match? And um, Well, it was hard to call because... Um, as you said, Nyla Rose's reign had been so disrupted by the pandemic, mm. so she hadn't really done much with it. So I, I think if I was going to say, like, put a bet on it, I would have probably suggested she'd retain. But I was very much mm. in favour of Sheeta. Like, she'd been there the whole time. It felt like it would make sense for her to have the title. She'd essentially been carrying the division during the kind of early pandemic. Mm. Uh, we will move on to the match itself. Of course, it was at Double or Nothing 2020 at Daly's Place. Uh, the opening was a tribute to Hana Kimura. There was a still photo, uh, and Excalibur mentioned Hana Kimura uh, and some of the things that happened to her. Uh, she died in the days leading up to Double or Nothing, and she is someone who Hikaru Shida knew, wrestled in Japan, both against and with, uh, in terms of a tag team. Uh, they moved into a short video package focusing a lot on like the sporting aspect of the rivalry uh, for the mm-hmm. championship, emphasizing Nyla Rose's dominance since since AEW had started, Nyla Rose's strength, um, but also sort of showing the momentum that was on Sheeta's side uh, that she'd built up with this winning streak throughout 2020. Once it cut to the entrances, Sheeta came out with like an awesome robe and some new gear. Uh, and the commentators note that she is on that undefeated streak and that she's being ranked number one for 13 straight weeks. And then Nyla comes out holding Sheeta's kendo stick that she stole from Sheeta earlier in the week. She has that in one hand and then the women's championship in the other. What did you think of like the presentation pre-match of this match? Uh, yeah, so it's a really it's a really good video package and it does it makes it seem really dramatic and you, you get the thing about Nyla Rose and being suspended and really bigging her up. Um, yeah, I thought the presentation was really good. Um, when you take, especially when you take into consideration the conditions that they were working under um, at the time. Mm, absolutely. I always thought Sheeta's gears like been really fantastic. She's always mm-hmm. on really on point with her gears, with her, mm-hmm. like her color schemes and everything. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. love that that element of wrestling, like how the wrestlers choose to present themselves. And I always think Sheeta is, is on point with that. And she always has, she nearly always has new gear for big matches. And that was the case here, sort of leveling up with that. Mm. And I, I, as I said, like, I really like the way Nyla Rose presents herself at this point. I think she has that, Mm. 
that air of danger about her. And I love how um, she's got the multicolored braids in her hair, uh, mm. sort of reminiscent of Awesome Kong, uh, and, and just a wink and a nod to, like, this is the legacy that I'm following in. Uh, and, and they both looked very serious. The, the commentators even noted that, like, normally Sheeta is quite happy and, mm-hmm. and quite friendly, yeah. um, but she's looking very serious for this match. Um, so emphasizing the stakes of it uh, and, and, I guess, giving it that air of, of a big-time match, even if they didn't have like the grand build that, you know, maybe some championship matches have had. Yeah, yeah. And they, they kind of proved that they didn't quite need it. Like the video package did enough. Um, mm. the, the the kind of the, the attitude of the two women coming out was kind of set the stage as well. Both were, as you said, both were serious. Both were um, ready to, to do battle. They weren't taking it lightly. They weren't messing about. It wasn't. You know, there was there was no hint of sports sportsmanship, sports personship in there at all. Mm. Uh, when the match starts and the bell rings, Sheeta rushes into Nyla, hits a drop kick, uh, and then kicks the kendo stick out of Nyla's hands. Uh, but Nyla is actually the first person to uh, use it after she blocks a shot by Sheeta, steals it back, and then hits Shio hard um, with a trio of hard shots uh, and then throws the, the kendo stick out of the ring. Um, what did you think of the usage of the weapon straight away? Um, I thought that was good. Um, I, it kind of brings danger in straight away. Some, like you, you often hear about, um, especially kind of older older timers talking about how like you need to build a match. I think it's good to have different different templates and I think it's really good every now and again to just start really really hot and then mm. you know cool it off and build it back up and um, so I, yeah i think that's what this did it was mm. um it the the this match wasn't uh back and forth affair it wasn't filled with like them reversing each other's moves it wasn't it wasn't a, a technical masterpiece the the kind of strategy here was we are going to fill this match with moments and big kind of oh my gosh type things mm. and they they the fact that they went in that hard straight away was was one of them mm. that yep yeah, this is you know that's yeah. that's a good way to do it i guess there's two ways that like you can take down a monster right like mm-hmm. you can you can be really technical like a brian danielson or a zach saber jr and like sit back and chip away or pick a weak mm-hmm. spot and target that uh but i the other way i guess is to beat them to the punch uh, and that's what yeah. Sheeta goes for here. And I, I like also that this sets up the kendo stick as key in the match um, because it mm-hmm. will be something that is continually yeah. gone back to and referenced, and it was referenced in the build as well. Uh, and and Sheeta does have – it's not your, your everyday-looking kendo stick. It, it I don't know if it's mm-hmm. made out of bamboo or something. I don't know. It looks a bit – it looks different. It looks like a, it's a bit harder than your everyday kendo stick. And, and so I like how it immediately, I guess – spotlights the kendo stick and says watch this and even though you said it's not back and forth it's quite even this match i would say um in terms of like there's not lots of reversals but the offense is even Mm -hmm. and the commentary is emphasizing sheeta's striking um particularly the her knees and her kicks she uses a number of them early um to get nyla rose out of the ring whereas Rose is more just using her power. She's like tossing Sheeta around into the barricades, onto the poker table on the outside. Bringing in, the, in your stats that you've you've assembled mm-hmm. here, what what does it say to you about the action, particularly early on in this match? Um, so early on in the match, it's all about Nyla Rose. Um, so I'm I'm sure we'll link this into the description. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
we have a we have a flow of offense which kind of um, charts which wrestler is kind of like in control at various parts of the match. Um, so if you're looking at it now, it's fairly straightforward. Shida is the red line and Nyla is the blue line. And, you know, right there at the beginning, there's huge spikes from from the blue line. And it, it tapers off by about five minutes in where there's a bit of an exchange. And then Shida has appeared in, in control. So, yeah, it's 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 all about Nyla Rose to begin with. She She's using the weapon a lot. She's knocking Shida down a lot and sprinkling in some kind of really big power-based moves as well. In terms of the match structure, the beginning of this match is all about showing off the mountain that um, Shida has to climb. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and as I said, gets the sort of early biggest impact move is she gets put through a poker table that's around the outside. Nice little nod to the double or nothing, the casino sort of element. Last year it was at Las Vegas, double or nothing, of course casino term mm-hmm. uh, but as we as we noted there's some extras around the side and if you have your eagle eyes out uh, and if you re-watch this match look for a man in a gray polo shirt bit of long-term storytelling there i had to make sure this was right but is that dan lambert i i didn't you mentioned this before i didn't i didn't see him um i don't know if it was dan lambert what i did find amusing was how big swall um choreographs it so it looks like she's gonna try and run up and attack nyla rose and somebody pulls her back but no, I, I didn't. I didn't see Dan Lambert. If that was him, I swear it's Dan Lambert just standing <laughs> nearby. Because where you're talking about, Big Swole is kind of getting held back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But just standing off to the other side, next to the the poker table, sheet has been put through. Uh, is is a guy in a grey polo shirt that looks. If it's not Dan Lambert, Matt, it's an absolute ringer. So you know, long term storytelling with AEW. He's been he's been watching this promotion since <laughs> since the early days. <laughs> I wonder what he thought of this match. I'd be keen to get his thoughts one day, hopefully. <laughs> or maybe not, depending on what your thoughts are on there. But um, Nyla, as we said, like she is she's the dominant force early, like tosses Sheeta back into the ring and just delivers more and more punishment. But Sheeta does manage to get the odd counter in, um, particularly when Nyla goes for big moves. So she mm-hmm. gets out of an attempted power bomb. Uh, and and lays in a few strikes before Nyla is able to overwhelm her again uh, and uses the environment well as well. So um, when Nyla Rose mm. goes to like toss her into some stuff, she jumps off the ring steps and comes off with a crossbody uh, and then is, uh, you know, like kicking around chairs and things like that, then suplexes mm-hmm. Nyla Rose onto a stack of chips. Uh, and then after Nyla Rose is sort of rolled off of them, she goes back and then runs and hits a knee off the stack of them. Uh, I, I like that element of her offense. Yeah, it was um, taking her kind of established offense and um, adjusting it to the environment. Like that's clearly a reference to her, the chair, the chair propelled kick thing she does where she puts down the chair and then runs and does the knee mm-hmm. off of it done with the poker chips, which was uh, cool and pretty effective. Yeah, and I think that's the best looking knee I've seen her la- landing those off the off the chair or off mm-hmm. the poker chips in this case. Sometimes I think Sheeta sometimes does hold back because she doesn't want to completely yeah. blast yeah, her yeah. opponent. You know, like it's not Kenny Omega levels of, of hitting no. a knee. And and I think the one that suffers the most is the one off the chair. But in this one, she seems mm-hmm. to have the confidence to really lay it in. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's because yeah. she's with someone who's who's a bit bigger and she knows she isn't going to um, like completely overwhelm them with what, what she's delivering. But this was one of the best ones I've ever seen her do. Nyla Rose is willing to take those bumps as well. Like yep. the, the Riho match, the first match, she does that sent on onto all those chairs yeah, um, on the, yeah. the first Dynamite. Yeah, and uh, man, I'm just trying to think back to... As as we were talking about, she had those 
I guess she she also is an expert at delivering in the environment, mm. having you know previously had all those tables matches, and and later on she does get out a table in this one as well. They they bring the focus back to the kendo stick. Sheeta after delivering that offense on the outside, um, Sheeta gets the kendo stick back and delivers some more shots to Nyla Rose back in the ring, but isn't able to get a pin even after mm. like a brain buster onto the kendo stick. And then Nyla yeah. takes back over, as we said, once again, that, that overwhelming power, but isn't able to land a decisive blow. Um, she mm. even hits the, the diving knee uh, onto Sheeta. So yeah. when Sheeta's hanging over the ropes, the diving knee, um, which, which has ended matches for her. Yeah. Yeah. It looked great in this match. It didn't look like Sheeta was just holding herself there, which those sort of mm-hmm. spots I, I'm I'm always yeah, iffy with yeah. those because too often it can look like there's just someone sitting there waiting to be hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't look like that in this. As as we said, this is a very even match. And looking at the stats you've put up here, uh, mm-hmm. looking at strikes, strike downs, grapples, it it's quite even. Yeah, very even. Um, Shida tends to get a little bit more of each. So 47 strikes from Shida in this match um, in 16 minutes is pretty pretty good um nyla rose with 31 uh, nyla rose uses more grapples more power moves nine compared to four so that's more than double that makes sense for the character mm. um she did with more strike downs putting over her kind of you know the use of her knees and her kind of yep. japanese joshi you know those matches are far more strike down based um stardom and tokyo joshi pro so yeah that that makes complete sense as well and mm. um, if you if you do the percentages um, 54% of the match offense in this was Shida, 46 was Nyla, and um, which is a reoccurring um, theme with Nyla Rose. Um, she plays the big monster, but she almost always um, gets in less offense than her opponent, um, which is interesting. I, I believe it's the kind of psychology behind that is that the opponent needs to overwhelm her. So mm. you kind of see them laying in a lot of strikes and then Nyla will like, they might use like six or seven strikes and then Nyla just turns around and, you know, power bombs them or whatever. So yep. uh, yeah, that's the quick, the quick stats. Yeah. Or even the strike down rate, 21% to 19%, like mm-hmm. neither are able to land like completely decisive blows. Obviously she, as you said, lands a couple of extra ones, but that's just because of the mm-hmm. sheer volume she's throwing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That she, she manages to get a few down. Things start to escalate sort of towards the two-thirds mark of the match, which I guess is a sign mm-hmm. of a, a well-paced match. Um, yeah, Nyla yeah. gets a table set up in the corner, um, and after some back and forth in it, manages to powerbomb Sheeta through it, but still only gets a two-count. So really emphasizing Sheeta's fire. Nyla's, like, really frustrated at this point and mm-hmm. goes up to the the top rope uh, to to deliver another one of those falling knees. But Sheeta, like, just grabs the kendo stick and hurls it at Nyla Rose um, mm-hmm. before running up and hitting an avalanche falcon arrow. Like, we've been mentioning the strikes, but Hikaru Sheeta is, like, street, is, is sneaky strong. Um, yeah, yeah. That many women would be able to do that to someone like Nyla Rose. Yeah, and it's not even like just a superplex where it's one motion. You have to, tur- you like, there has to be a lot of control there. You have to mm. turn and make sure the person lands in the correct kind of way as well. That's, mm. you know, that's not just, it's like a lot of these moves is the two wrestlers finding the right momentum, whereas, and there will be a bit of that, but Shida still needs to then do the rest. So yeah, mm. it's it's impressive. 
Yep. And of course, it's a Falcon Arrow. It only gets a two. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no one wins with the Falcon Arrow. No one actually does the deal uh, where they hit the Falcon Arrow. Um, and the kick out from that gets us into the final stretch of the match. Sheeta goes for her running knee strike. But Nyla, like, hits Sheeta's leg with the kendo stick. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheeta's sort of limping, but it does only fire up Sheeta more. She delivers, like, a big elbow strike, really cracks Nyla Rose with it, then hits another running knee strike for a close two. Uh, and as the pair rise up, Sheeta grabs that kendo stick that has been the focus um, since the start and absolutely twats Nyla mm-hmm. Rose with it, breaking the weapon over, like, shoulder head, I think. I don't know if it slipped up. Looks like it cracked her in the shoulder from the camera. It may have hit her in the mm-hmm. head um, before hitting the final running knee for the win. What did you think of the ending sequence? The the bump that Nyla Rose takes for that kendo stick is, like, it's class. She, yep. she yep. it's it's almost slapstick, but it's not. Like, she, t- she takes the bump, and it's as if her whole body goes limp, and she just kind of topples like a tower and it's it's an incredible bump mm. yeah it's like i mean because the idea is that she got twatted across the head mm-hmm. it's like yeah. she kind of goes unconscious for a second like her body just seizes mm-hmm. up and she's down um and that allows she to to get that win i i love she fire in this um mm-hmm. and and sort of but also the the mixture of that and the resourcefulness like her just as we said before like just hurling the kendo stick at nyla yeah, rose yeah. when she's up on the turnbuckle and then when they're back down on the ground nyla rose because she can't get up because she's been taken down by the falcon arrow she just whacks sheeta in the knee with the kendo stick mm-hmm. um as a way to sort of block the running knee when it's coming yeah, it's in all, it's all struggle at that point yeah and yeah. and even though like sheeta's not like not limping or anything you, she mm-hmm. immediately grabs her knee and and but fires up so it's like the adrenaline she she feels the pain the adrenaline hits she's like okay i'm gonna end this end this quick two massive strikes with her with her elbow her knee and then the kendo stick and another knee for the for the win it's yeah it all ends in a flurry yeah and nyla's very protected there as well like she kicks out of the first Mm. knee and then you need that kind of um brutal looking kendo stick shot to then then and then hit another finisher to win you know what it's actually very similar to, and you didn't do this as a mm. comparison later, but it's very similar, um, and I've just thought of this in us recounting the ending, to how the the match between Mox and Brody Lee finishes. Oh, yeah. Mox uh-huh. can't uh-huh. get the win with the big – like, they have the big offense. They have the big weapon yeah. spot where he gets put through the, the ramp. That can't Stage, put him yeah. down. The normal paradigm shift can't get him down, and it's just like a desperate struggle at that point where it's like – how do I get out of this alive? <laughs> um, yeah. it's just, I've just got to go all out with everything. So it's interesting how these two matches parallel one another, given mm-hmm. that um, they're at the same pay-per-view that for the, the, ver- the women's and men's championship. Yeah. 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 Um, in, in the post-match, Sheeta is very emotional, um, like mm-hmm. kind of crying after she's won it. The commentators, put over how how tough it must have been um to wrestle after the news of hannah kimura and it can't be Mm -hmm. forgotten like this is at the point in the pandemic where like there's no way she is getting back over to japan i don't really know how close they were but she has wrestled with her uh and and obviously like that's if if suicide happens even if it's just Mm -hmm. someone you know remotely well it's it's something that really hits you uh and and that combined with the isolation of being overseas in a foreign country a place Mm -hmm. that doesn't speak your native language during such an isolating period 
I, I can imagine that like there is a real sense of emotional catharsis for Sheeta uh, at at the point of winning this championship because she has sacrificed a lot to be part of this promotion and mm-hmm. to be in the position that she's in and she's achieved it. It's it's very emotional mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. She she's you know she's really invested and she's taken a risk as well. Like mm. it, it, there is no there's no guarantee that she's going to win that championship. There's 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 you know there's also history of American wrestling companies just not doing a good job with really talented Japanese performers. Like mm. you know look look at the other company Nakamura, <laughs> Asuka. Like you could people will argue that they're in some way successful, but I don't know. I, th- I think mishandled is is yeah. fair. And, and AEW's yeah. hit rate isn't exactly sparkling no, at this point either. No, like, it's not great. For, for all of the, the good they did with Riho, like the way that the, the match with Emi Sakura was handled was mm-hmm. really poor. Not good. Um, and, you know, the way that the Joshi sort of popped in and out, it was not ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, Riho was the first champion and she she had really good moments but there there was a lot of criticism of how she was effectively mute a lot of the time mm. yeah there is a, a great shot in the ending in the ending bit i, I just wanted to to point out of kita of ashita picking up the broken kendo stick uh and mm-hmm. it's like just bent at the end at like a 45 <laughs> degree angle from that final shot which just i don't know, really just puts a an exclamation mark on an exclamation mark on the ending mm-hmm. of the match and and what she's done to to have to get over nyla rose uh there were some really screwy bits with the camera at I don't know if they're using their normal crew or what's going on with this. Um, yeah, but there's some yeah. bits where they miss bits, and there's a there's a weird bit where it's like the cameraman falls over or something, and you just get shots there's of the a, ground for. It's like I'm doing yeah, a home movie or something for two seconds. There, there's a bit. There's yeah. a bit where where something happens. I think Nyla hits a big spot on Sheeta, and then there's just like people's t-shirts and stuff. Is the yeah, camera shot? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But but they got a really good shot, a couple of really good shots at the the ending here. Um, we've sort of talked mm. about the, I guess the direct comparison in, in terms of the stats. Yeah. Um, Craig, I'd love to move on to, uh, and as I said, as we said, like if you are listening, uh, you there'll be a link in the description, uh, for mm-hmm. these for these stats, and also on my Twitter, so underscore Samuel, I'll have a link below where I tweet about this match. Um, it'll be a pinned tweet, uh, with with a link to these stats. Uh, I'd love to move into the comparisons to different matches uh, as we talk about sort of the overall of this match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so in, in terms of the, like, when you're contrasting it to the different matches. Yeah, you, you picked a few matches to, to put it against. So you've uh, compared it to a number of different women's matches um, in, in Rosa versus Baker, the, the Lights Out match, Riho versus Deeb. So that was another one we featured mm-hmm. in the, the match guide a number of episodes ago, and it, it was also in the match guide. Uh, I think it came in 20-something. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Sheeta versus Baker as well from Double or Nothing 2021, um, which was uh, a little bit of a actually a similar a similar length match but but also mm-hmm. very different in in terms of the numbers that that ended up being put out yeah so so the Sheeta versus baker match was kind of like famously a letdown and um, they've been building up baker for all this time to eventually you know become the champion and people were really looking forward to it Sheeta had essentially been dwarfed by baker's star power mm. and the match itself didn't really go particularly well and that was a little bit worrying because Sheeta although there was a lot of criticisms of her reign in terms of her star power and her maybe not 
kind of being able to present herself fully on American television or maybe more mm. accurately the company, maybe not quite figuring out that particular challenge. The the match versus Baker didn't work. So was that Baker? Was that Shida? I don't know. I would I would personally be a little bit more worried about, you know, going forward with Baker as champion. And, I, you know, I would still suggest that it's not really worked out. So, yeah, but in terms of that match, you have it's very different to this match. It's kind of face versus heel. Um, It's more there. there, It's more kind of of a struggle, like the reversal rates in that match. um, 70 reversals an hour and 50 reversals an hour from each of them compared to the kind of 40 and 30 in this match. So that's when I said before, this is more of a, a big spots match. Whereas if you think back to the Sheeta versus Baker, there, there's a lot of reversals, a lot more kind of struggle, kind of it's more sporting. It's more kind of mm. two competitors kind of trying to get the best of each other. Whereas this Sheeta versus Nyla Rose match, it's still that, but it's more built around the big spots, if that makes mm. sense. And and the Riho Deeb match is similar. It's it's more based on um it's more there it's more of a sporting struggle. Whereas mm. again, this this match is more it's more spotty without losing without losing it doesn't it's not a spot fest it's still yeah. it still feels sporting, but it you know it's not it's not as much of a wrestling match as the others that I just mentioned. An interesting comparison I'd make uh, between mm-hmm. Sheeta and Nyla and Riho and Deeb, which were I think they're an interesting comparison because you've got. Um, like sort of that Joshi influence against that American influence, uh, but the the strike rates uh, yeah. in that both Shida and Riho are outputting giant levels of strikes. Um, Riho, 207 strikes per hour, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Shida's at 170 against someone who's in the in the low hundreds, or even in Nyla Ro- in sorry Serena Deeb's case in the the lower hundreds. She's only at 97. Uh, so yeah. almost is, and obviously she's instead of using overwhelming power, she's using technical mm-hmm. skill with yeah. like submissions yeah. and reversals. But but that's an interesting comparison in like both of them are sort of these strike heavy, strike mm-hmm. heavy wrestlers trying to chip out and chip away at someone who has a, a big advantage in another area, uh, which is interesting. Another, this is something that really surprised me. Sheeta vs. Nyla against Rosa vs. Baker. Now, what is Rosa mm-hmm. vs. Baker most remembered for? It's remembered for being this insane bloodbath. But if you look yes. at the weapons attacks, this one, like Sheeta vs. Nyla Rose, this no disqualification match, actually mm-hmm. out out per hour strike on uh, weapon attack strike, whatever you'd call it, the yeah. rate of weapon attacks is is mm-hmm. higher in this by a pretty not insignificant margin to what mm-hmm. Rosa and Baker are doing. Um, for for those of you who are just listening, uh, Sheeta has 36 weapon attacks per hour, Nyla Rose 58. Mm-hmm. The Rosa versus Baker, Rosa has 40, and Britt Baker has 25. That, of course, matches with like what happened with Rosa beating Britt Baker and, and completely bloodying Britt Baker up mm-hmm. by using more weapons attacks. But when you think of like what are the most violent matches that women have had in AEW, you don't like. I did not think Sheeta versus Nyla Rose would be so so significantly higher. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot. The I suppose it's the way they present the the violence. This mm. match, it's presented via 
kind of just pure athleticism and and taking the moves. So you've got Nyla Rose lifting up Shida mm. and dumping her through that table. You've got Shida doing that cool spot where she and the kendo runs stick. and jumps and hits the knee. And then, yeah, the kendo stick spot. Whereas um, Rosa and Baker, although what, I'm not diminishing what they're doing, but the mm. way that the violence in that match was presented was more grisly. Like, yep. I would say this match is hard-hitting violence where that's kind of more grisly, whereas they're they're using tacks and they're using blood and mm. all those kind of things to get it across. Two, two um, ways of doing it, very different ways of doing it, I suppose. Yeah, that is not something I expected to see today. So I'm, I'm really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at, I guess, in comparison to the some matches that have happened outside of uh, yes. AEW, outside of AEW, so you you pulled up a Tokyo Joshi Pro match and mm-hmm. two stardom matches. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are around this and why you chose these other matches to compare it to. Uh, so I suppose I was just trying to step outside AEW. It's it's a little bit of a stretch because the, oh, these are all just straight matches. Um, the reason that I chose them was because they are recent and because they are kind of the pinnacle of women's wrestling. Like people talk about, oh, the, the NXT had the best women's you know roster of all time a couple of years ago. Maybe you can make that you can make that argument in america but like you, you just can't in terms of women's wrestling in general it's it's just that's just not quite true siri and julia are one of the better better wrestlers at the moment um in world wrestling as azumi and starlight kid had a wonderful match this year that was heavily kind of critically acclaimed and yam yeah miyu yamashita I've pronounced that wrong, but and Nakajima in Tokyo Joshi Pro also had a, a great match that was kind of um, put on earlier this year. And what what you do see from looking at these matches is they they have a wider spread of the offense. Mm. Um, yeah. But the thing that jumps out for me that I think is relevant to Hikaru Shida is the use of strike downs. Um, yeah. So they're they're all using a lot of strike downs. Um, the big difference, however, is the way that submission holds are playing into those matches. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Across those matches, it looks like submissions, reversals, and even pin attempts are much higher. So yeah, yeah. I guess your your rate of it's more wrestling. Yeah, yeah. There's there's more as you said. Those are like more critically acclaimed than this. Uh, and mm-hmm. and you know. I, Perhaps that spread is is one of the reasons as to why that is. Um, these guys are like putting on a more well-rounded match, um, whereas yeah, yeah, this exactly. one is is delving delving into more specialist territory with Sheeta and Nyla Rose. Absolutely. In terms yeah. of they've got one big one big uh, strength uh, or one or two big strengths, whereas these other guys mm-hmm. are a little bit more well-rounded. If I wanted to like really try to. So I might watch the the Charlotte Becky match if I'm looking to try and get a better perspective and collect stats on that. But you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Yes, <laughs> that is okay. That is absolutely yeah. okay. So we will move on to sort of talking about the more broader legacy of this match. Um, as I said, as we've talked about, the Shida, the reign that Hikaru Shida had, uh, is something that has been controversial. Uh, or maybe not controversial, but not 
not universally well received. I don't think the AEW women's division has ever really been universally well received across the board. Um, but I'm curious what you think in general of her reign, of Hikari Shida's reign as AEW women's champion. I think it's significantly better than people remember. There's some really good stuff in there. She has some great matches with Thunder Rosa when Thunder Rosa was the NWA champion. And there's a couple of really good matches there. She does stuff with Anna Jay. There's a match with Abaddon that was it was mm. fine for what it was. The the build to it was kind of, I mean, the build to it was pretty awful because they had Hikaru <laughs> running scared. But yeah, um, she I think she did a lot of good stuff. Um, she she was consistent. She put on good matches all the time. Um, I think it was just the wider issues that were kind of holding her back. Um, and it, it it's really interesting to think what what her role is going forward and whether or not she'll crop up again as champion because the division is kind of moving. She feels a little bit like Kenny Omega in that a lot of things were built around her to begin with, but there are all these new people coming in. And if you were to sit down and write down, right, who are going to be the next five world champions? I, I, I don't know if many people would put down Hikaru Shida's name, mm. but I, I, I wonder if that would be a mistake. Yeah, I, I mean, people who've listened to all of the podcasts that I do will yeah. know very much that I, I'm very strong in my view of Karina is someone mm. that I think AEW fans, the AEW fandom has done really wrong, um, mm. not just in terms of how she's remembered, but in terms of how her reign was treated at the time. Yeah. I, I shudder to think what the AEW women's division in 2020 would have been like without Hikaru Shida. Like this was a, a rickety old vehicle that was running along. There was parts like falling off at left, right and center. And she was the one that was holding things together like, without her. I think this whole, I, I have no idea what, what could have possibly happened. Yeah. It would not have been pretty at all. If, if you look at Rose, like the things maybe. that she, I, I think Nyla Rose, and I'd like to get to the thought of Nyla Rose, because I mm. think as we've said, like Nyla Rose is someone who could potentially has also not been done super well uh, by yeah. AEW. But in terms of what Hikari Shida was able to do, you look at the people that she has made uh, across mm -hmm. this reign mm -hmm. and the things that she's done in the lead up. Of course, we mentioned the Britt Baker match. Um, yeah. She made a, like she, she got a performance out of a wrestler in Anna Jay who hadn't even had 10 matches mm -hmm. uh, yeah. that demanded that Anna Jay be signed. That is in, like, that's incredible that she was able to get such a strong performance out of someone who is barely, barely out of wrestling school. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you look at, as you mentioned, Thunder Rosa matches, the Serena Deeb matches that she had. Uh, and then also, she made us like she had that program with Abaddon. She also had another match yeah. in the lead up against Abaddon. Um, she had a match with Tay Conti that mm -hmm. people really remember and and put Tay Conti over and as a and up as a potential challenger for the championship mm -hmm. in a really serious way that Tay Conti had never been presented in before. Uh, and she also presented and she pitched and helped put on the uh the women's contender tournament that happened across yeah, Japan yeah. and America for me was something that that felt really unique at the time and that was like great. a breath of air really in the division great. and and she i think she was doing incredible things at a time when the women's division was just getting very little creative heft 
from the company itself. Um, it felt there were weeks where there would be no women's matches on TV. It felt like things were always coming together at the last minute in terms of the pay-per-view defenses and things like that. And, and the fans as well, I felt like almost from the minute that Sheeta got the belt, people were waiting for Britt Baker to take it off her instead of enjoying the, the great matches that she was able to do. I, the one I didn't mention was Penelope Ford as well. She had a fantastic yeah, match yeah, against yeah. Penelope Ford. Who else has been able to do that um, or, or have a match as good against Penelope Ford as her? As a working champion, Hikaru Shida was fantastic. I would argue that her reign has been vastly superior to Britt Baker. There's different elements that Britt Baker brought in to being champion, um, but for all the hype that she got and, and the amount that the fandom wanted her to be the champion – I think she massively underdelivered, uh, even in the areas that she was previously strong, like the character elements. So I don't think she she delivered really strong stories at all. Whereas and she definitely didn't deliver strong matches. Whereas Hikaru Shida, like the stories weren't great, but the matches at least when she was in the ring, the matches were really were were at least good, if not great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think she's easily the best women's champion they've had, and. Yeah, I, th- I think there, there's been big issues with the division under Britt Baker and hopefully they're going to get a bit of a fusion of the two now with, with Thunder Rosa, somebody who is a little bit stronger than Hikaru Shida with, with, with her character, at least at least on kind of English-based wrestling programs. Mm. Um, and But, you know, Thunder Rosa is great in the ring she's mm. she is a stronger in-ring worker than Britt baker so yeah it, it'll be it'll be interesting moving forward um I, I think a potential title match between shida and uh thunder rosa could be great if they're willing to mm. go down that route and just do a face versus face wrestling match um i wouldn't like to see them worrying about alignments with that but no uh yeah absolutely i i completely agree i thought her reign was great i was always interested in the matches um, they they did struggle with the other stuff, the the stories and the 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 language barrier quotation mm. marks. Yeah, I, th- I think mm. I think they could have been a bit more creative and found ways around that. Um, but no, no, I'm completely on board with you. I I think she was a, a really great champion and did did her job. And I think any failings are more to do with the how the company treats the women's division and how the company treated her um being you know english as a second language and it you you they they had they could have done more but it was it was still it was still it was still a good reign yeah absolutely i i I don't have anything more to add on (laughs) that um i do think it's worth talking about nyla rose though uh because Mm -hmm. as we both said i i think she is someone she is 39 so her Is days okay. are not long yes uh and that's something that surprised me i looked it up before this podcast mm-hmm. i thought she was younger than that i would have picked early yeah, 30s I guess, yeah. but she's 39 mm-hmm. um so not a whole lot left uh no, well, no. who knows but not you know she doesn't have 10 15 years ahead of her most likely mm-hmm. what where do you see her going forward like how do you think they could potentially improve on on someone who as we've said is gets it done in the ring and and could potentially be like a really good promo as well if given the chance even when she's given yeah. a chance yeah yeah um i think it's maybe quite hard for her to regain that championship i think she can she is so because of 
who she is and her her style. She is too useful in other roles. I could see her being a T and mm-hmm. nope, a TBS champion, um, perhaps a face TBS champion, and eventually putting mm-hmm. somebody over. But yeah, there there needs to be there needs to be a really prominent face run from her at some point where she's getting to delve into her more real life kind of side of her and um and kind of showing her her personality and her comedic range mm. and all of that because that is pretty untapped you know in aw on screen yeah but i i'm not sure if she'll ever kind of hold to the top belt again mm. and and there is like a really triumphant story to tell we mentioned that like aw didn't didn't indulge in the back slapping but there mm-hmm. is something yeah. to be like there is something to be said for Nyla Rose the person and being mm-hmm. like, look, this person has overcome some significant challenges um, to get where she is today, uh, and mm-hmm. and is someone who, as we've said, is even even after it all, is immensely charismatic, uh, is yeah. fantastic to watch, is engaged, uh, and is also, yeah, like I think very from from all reports I've heard, like very warm towards people who mm-hmm. like her fans, uh, and and someone that people really like to to get around and and get a mu- and 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 chat to and, and meet up with on yeah, those fan yeah, days yeah. and things like that. So I I definitely think it would be good if they did something with her. I, as I said, like I wonder if they've put Vicky Guerrero with her so she doesn't accidentally baby yeah. face herself with with uh with some of the work that like some of the stuff that she comes up with on the mic because she's she's got the ability to to trash talk without it coming across in a in a gross way which not everyone as yeah. we're seeing with like Tay Conti and Sam Guevara not everyone has the ability to do that like and, and to carry it off in a way that people will that people, you know like Eddie Kings and can call something something yeah. someone something that I can't uh no. and, and get away <laughs> with it and 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 still and still leave the crowd loving him uh you know, are you, are you just because of the way he carries that, himself and who he is. Are you suggesting that like Sammy and Tay's um, banter, you know, calling top team the plot team wasn't particularly funny, good, original or clever? <laughs> hey, well, look, Eddie Kingston got a D's nuts, like yeah, D's yeah. nuts joke over. It's yeah. uh, enough to like make a shirt out of it. You know? <laughs> like yeah. if you deliver something well, you could deliver any, like I think there's some things, some people that can almost deliver anything, you know, like there was that, that joke on BTE at one point where they were like handing him a cookie or a, or a pumpkin or something, oh, yeah, <laughs> getting him to yeah. cut a promo about it, you know, like, yeah, I'm not saying Nyla Rose is any Kingston level, but I'm saying that like, she is someone that can be used uh, in, in a really cool way. I mean, wouldn't, she make a really interesting person for Dan Lamb. Oh, actually, second thoughts, just don't even go there with that. Because who knows out of his mouth? But like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing ideas of of, of thoughts of like people heels that she could feud she with that would be really would be. She'd be a good person to put Dan Lambert through a table if you want to revisit that storyline. Oh, wouldn't, um, wouldn't people? Yeah, I, wouldn't that be great? I think this, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's loads you could do. I I think babyface Nyla Rose really works on a on a bunch of levels, like being huge and able to be really threatening, but then having a sense of humor. I think is a wonderful character, and I think that they're clearly interested in that character with what they're doing with Keith Lee and Samoa Joe. We've we've had we've had monster heel Nyla Rose in the women's division for a long time now, like. Maybe maybe it's time to move on and give her something else mm. to do. 
Yeah. She and yeah, she'd be so a wonderful that... ambassador for the company in that yes. role. Like exactly. Um, yep. You can you can kind of do that kind of her backstory type stuff as you were saying, but just like without having to be explicit and ramming it down people's throats, which I think is the difference. Like mm. she's been there for years now, so if she starts kind of talking about how people are treated and how to be different and stuff without without having to mm. and I think it would be I think it I think there's some benefit to her being a little bit more explicit with her kind of her actual story because it is a community that is struggling so much and is being treated really poorly mm. by even by governments but so yep. like I, I I yeah there's there's there could be a huge amount of value for that um mm. and if she but she that that's up to her because the way that people will receive that will be 99% positive but that that small minority of people that um cannot deal with that kind of difference will be pretty awful so that that can only yeah, that'll be you know, that has to be mm. that has yeah. to be you know that has to be for her to decide but it is a company that isn't afraid to i guess wear mm-hmm. politics on its sleeve a bit i think of like adam page coming out in the main event yeah. in florida with with a yeah. rainbow with rainbow rainbow tassels and a rainbow thing on and they when there's him. these they um, horrendous well. laws going through sorry they booed him as well. Like the, that yeah. crowd was booing him during that match. Mm. Um, last thing I wanted to to get into with this uh, before we head out is just thinking about where this ranks amongst the all-time uh, women's matches. Um, just looking at, we will be doing a, a new roundup of the best matches. So from Double or Nothing 2021 to 2022, once that takes place. But in terms of the original list on the definitive match guide, the matches that this was behind um, was Riho versus Nyla Rose from the very first Dynamite. That came in 47th. As I said, this one came in 50th. Uh, it was behind Karushita versus Taekwondo, which came in 41st. Uh, and then the next one up was Riho versus Serena D, which came in 22nd. And then the um, Lights Out match came in third. Okay. Is that the order you would be placing the women's matches in? Um, I, I can't remember the Taekwondo um, Hikaru Shida match in any kind of great detail. Um, so I'm surprised about that one. Um, I, I don't remember a huge amount of matches from the women's division for Double or Nothing. Um, does the does the women's tournament come into that, the Japanese one? Yeah, so they the, there was two matches that got votes for that, that they both ended up outside of the top 50. So the two that got votes was uh, Ayumi Zanami versus Maki Ito and mm-hmm. uh, Veni versus Emi Sakura. I feel like there was a really excellent... Serena Deeb versus Riho match as part of that tournament yeah, on the American side. There was, yes. Yeah, so the, the Riho versus Serena Deeb match that got votes was the one that was mm-hmm. in the pre-show for Double and 2021, but they did have a really yeah. excellent match beforehand that I think just probably got overshadowed by yeah, what they did at Double or Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. that that match, that match is probably superior to this <laughs> match as well. Um, but yeah, it's it'll have been forgotten about because of their their other match yeah i i don't know personally i i know that like for instance i th- i'm pretty sure that hikaru shida versus um serena d will be in the next one there'll be more yeah. women's matches represented yeah that i think yeah, yeah. would over have overtaken the ones 
most of the ones that were in in this countdown. Um, but certainly, I, I'm not sure how the Kairish Universe Take Conti got got higher than this one or the the um Reho versus Nyla Rose one. <laughs> that that one baffles me to this day. Uh, but I can't I, remember I, that much at all. Yeah, neither. And <laughs> and at the time, I don't even it wasn't particularly memorable to me either. I it certainly made a star of Tay Conti, but I, I don't think they did anything that was you know really overwhelmingly dramatic uh, in that point. I I I think it would probably for me would be third behind the Riho versus Serena Deeb match, um, uh-huh. the one from Dub or Nothing, which I really liked. Uh, but yeah. I, I think for a while this was the best match, that best women's match that AEW had yeah. ever done. Uh, and and I, I also really did like the Nyla Rose versus Riho match from the very first Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really masterful in how it worked the crowd, a crowd that really didn't care what was happening. Um, it really yeah. worked them into it and, and got them to a crescendo at the end, uh, which was, and, and even for myself, I didn't particularly have much interest in it, but it, it sort of got me into, it mm-hmm. really got me into it. So uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was, some, that was something as well. Um, and, and I'd also Re- give Riho's, a shout um, out. Riho's reign was good though. Like there were, I, I really, I, it was such a long time ago. I can't really remember, but I can always re- Yeah. Whenever she was wrestling, it, she was always good. The the Emi Sakura match that kind of is kind of badly remembered now. The actual match itself was was really good. It was just kind oh, really? of it just happened. I think so. Mm. I think it was really good. Um, <laughs> I I feel like I can remember it being decent, but it was just everything else around it, the kind of politics of the mm. women's division and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, look. Hopefully we are onward to better and brighter days in the women's division. They've, I certainly think 2022's been a really good start. The TBS championship in particular, mm-hmm. um, that 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 uh, tournament was was really important, and uh, I think they've made some moves in the to really spotlight some of the women um, that that have been very positive. So uh, I think I think 2022 is looking to be a strong year for the women's division, uh, and. Yeah, I hope, I really hope, and I think she will be. I think Akari Shida will be a big part of that. Whether she's champion again or not, I'll be mm-hmm. cheering because I'm just a, um, what she did in 2020 made me a big fan of hers. Uh, and, and I kind of want, I, I kind of want her to get another bite at the cherry with crowds um, because yeah. I think it would be fantastic. But, you know, if even if it doesn't happen, I think she will be a fantastic addition, a fantastic person to have in the roster. And and say with Nyla Rose, they're, they're both great utility players, if nothing else. Um, but both mm-hmm. could be used for plenty more as well. Uh, and this match just shows you why. Um, you know, terrific but potentially slightly forgotten match um, worth yeah. worth going back to. If you're, if you're looking to psych yourself up for Double or Nothing and look at some of the great hits of Double or Nothing's past, give this one a lot. Uh, give this one a watch um, because it will definitely be worth your time. Craig, uh, before we get out of here, is there anything else you'd like to say about this match? Um, I don't know. Yeah, we've covered such such a lot of it. It, it is worth a watch. It's an, it's an easy watch. It's really good seeing Hikaru Shida. She's very different. Uh, and if if you are kind of doing anything where you're looking at the AEW's women's division, as as Sam said, this is a huge kind of touch touch point cornerstone of that. So yeah, it it's um it it's a really easy watch as well, which is good. Excellent. Well, Craig, I'll if if people have heard something from you and they'd like to follow up, where can they find you? Uh, yes, yeah, so we have a website called ProWrestlingMusings.com where you can find 
loads of these kind of statistics. They've got some stuff on most um, social media as well if you look for that. Excellent. And I think you've got a Twitter as well, Craig. You can search him, Craig Williams, and you'll find him there. And you can find me, uh, Sir underscore Samuel. And if you have enjoyed the show today, you can rate or review it on your podcast app of choice. And if you would like to also, if you feel inclined, you can support us financially as well. If you go to redcircle.com and search for Social Suplex or AEW Match Guide Podcast, you can make a once-off or continuing contribution. And that just goes towards paying the bills, things like hosting, equipment, um, those sorts of things. Uh, other than that, though, if you have enjoyed it, Please tweet about it. Let a friend know. Tell them about the good news of the AEW Match Guide podcast. <laughs> and in the run up to <laughs> and in the run up to Double or Nothing, we are continuing to look at some of the biggest matches that have happened in Double or Nothing, uh, and that it will also lead up to the next version of the the definitive AEW Match Guide list. So keep a lookout on Twitter for all of those good things, and you'll be able to find us here again next Friday. Looking forward to seeing you then. Bye. for listening to the AEW Match Guide podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then you can subscribe on the podcast app of your choice so you never miss an episode. Also, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Sir underscore Samuel. I'd love to hear from you. The AEW Match Guide podcast is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find many other fantastic podcasts discussing not just AEW, but all parts of the world of professional wrestling. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. I'm Sam Brown.